on in my sales career, I had Ithaca in my territory. And I went down to the little computer reseller there, and we were doing a little trade show in his shop. And um, I was a little hyper because I hadn't made quota, and I was looking at people coming in and hope, hoping someone, won, someone from Cornell Engineering School would show up and buy lots and lots of computer hardware. And in comes this guy in a flannel shirt and jeans, looking like a farmer, and I'm thinking, oh, man. And he's, he comes up to me, and he just takes up all of my time, and he's asking me question after question after question. Meanwhile, I see guys in, like, suits and ties, and they're looking very wealthy and everything, and, and I'm thinking, I'm missing an opportunity to talk to these people. I can't believe I'm stuck with this farmer. And But being the polite person that I was at the time, I, I just kept... <laughs> answering his questions, and um, he was asking me about a pretty expensive system. And so finally he walked away, and the owner of the computer store comes up to me and goes, you know who that is? I said, no, some chicken farmer? What? You know? He said, that's Carl Sagan. Oh. <laughs> now, this is not a sermon about appearances and all of that, you know, but um, so I was now I'm fascinated about the guy's autograph, and it's kind of too late, and I've been fairly semi a little cold, and but I was I was curious about him. So um, not being uh, someone who's a real scientist, I got his novel. He wrote one novel called Contact. Anyone see the movie with Jodie Foster? It was a great movie, and it was about the the idea that there's maybe life out there, and how do we find life? And there's the organization. SETI, which is the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. And we send out these waves and we collect the waves, and Scott explained it all to me, but when he was in the middle of microwaves and broadband and all of that, I, I was thinking ahead in the sermon, so my eyes glazed over and I didn't hear that, so ask him at coffee hour. But the bottom line is, is that there's some way that we have of detecting if there's extraterrestrial intelligent life out there. And in the movie Contact, they, they start hearing prime numbers are coming in. And prime numbers, I guess, is an indication of intelligence out there. And the next thing they see is the 1936 Olympics are being broadcast back to them. And they think this whole thing is a hoax. So they triangulate somehow, and they figure out the transmissions are coming from the planet Vega, which is 26 light years away. So it's 26 years to get there, 26 years back, 1936 plus 52 is 1988. It all works out, trust me. So, and then they get the instructions to build a machine to go find out if there's this extraterrestrial life, and, and that's what they do. And the whole movie is about a longing to discover if, is there intelligent life out there other than just us on this planet? And the point I'm trying to make is, is that we have a longing to make contact. We would all love that. And in the movie, when they're building the machine to get to the planet Vega, the whole world gets involved. Everybody. Because we have this longing to make contact. We have a longing to be in touch with more than just ourselves. Touch is incredibly important. We heard about the orphanages in Romania. Remember that, when they discovered these orphanages? where the children had lain in bed and they had been fed and they had been changed, but nobody had held the children. And that when they discovered these orphanages and got these children out, the children couldn't develop normally. 
because they had never been held. And we all discovered at that point something we already knew intuitively and in our hearts is that touch is important to our development as humans. We long for touch, we long for contact. Now in the gospel today, we hear about the hemorrhaging woman. Twelve years she's been hemorrhaging. And Jesus, she touches the hem of Jesus' garment, she's healed immediately. He goes in, he reaches his hand out to the little girl who's dead, she comes back to life immediately. We hear these healing stories, and we, we hear it's an immediate uh, change, or immediate solving of the problem. But that's not my experience of what happens. Now, I've plenty of people who have physical problems, who may have emotional problems, who have psychological problems, who have problems in their life, who are prayerful, faithful people, who when they go to Jesus, they are not healed immediately. And that word immediately is there in that gospel three times. So how do I reconcile the story that we read with what I observe in life, that it's not an immediate healing? Well, because I have focused, and I think we tend to focus on the, the healing of the physical problem in the story, I think we miss a lot of other things that are happening in that story. The little girl was 12, the woman had been hemorrhaging for 12 years. 12 is a very important number in the Jewish tradition, 12 tribes of Israel. I mean, maybe this isn't exactly a literal accounting of what happened. Maybe the author has more of a message for us than just the immediate healing of a physical ailment. Now, back in those times, the woman who was bleeding for 12 years was considered unclean. Nobody could touch her. She could not be touched physically by anyone, or they also would become unclean. So she hadn't been touched by her husband if she was married. She couldn't give a hug to her children or her grandchildren. She would have to walk down the road and call out to people that she was unclean. She had been without touch for 12 years. Imagine not touching another human being, not taking a hand, not, not putting a hand on someone's shoulder, not gaining any comfort, no touch. And she had tried to do everything to solve that problem, and so what did she do? She took it upon herself to go touch Jesus, just the hem of his garment, but touch him nonetheless. In the midst of all the crowd, she had the courage to go and to touch. And then when he discovered or felt that something had happened, she had to confess it. And everybody, I'm sure, knew who this woman was, because they'd been avoiding her for 12 years. And instead of being angry, Jesus said, you have been healed. It's touch that is healing. He reached out his hand to the child and touched her. It's touch that is healing. Think of the times when you have had a difficult and challenging moment and somebody has come up and put their arm around you and touched you. Think about the use of touch in our language 
Reach out and touch someone. That touched my heart. Let's keep in touch. It's touch that is healing and important. In our tradition, touch is very important in terms of what we do in the ministry, in terms of healing, in terms of celebrating the Eucharist, that we have something we call the uh, apostolic succession, where we have touched all the way back to Christ. So Jesus laid his hands on Peter's head, Peter laid his hands on uh, other people's heads, and people have laid their hands on people all through time, and there is a succession of touch which enables us somehow to be connected back to Christ. And that when we celebrate the Eucharist, we touch the wine, we touch the bread, and when we hand it to you, we touch you, you touch the bread, the bread and the wine are being touched, and it's through this touch that we experience healing. The ministry of presence and touch is what's important. And in this day and age, we can lose track of that because we have other ways of being in contact, like texting, like cell phones, like Facebook, Twitter. I'm on both, by the way. Look me up. And we have to be careful that we don't forsake the ministry of touch and the ministry of presence. Because there's nothing that takes the place of a live human being talking to another live human being. Nothing that can take the place of somebody's arm around your shoulder. But my experience has been, particularly with young people, is that they don't know how to do this. So a friend of my, my son died recently, a young person, and he had to go to the funeral in the wake, and he said, I don't know what to say. Don't know what to say. I said, well, you don't say anything. You just show up. Well, what am I supposed to say? I go through the line, I'm supposed to say something. I said, well, you can say I'm sorry, but you're there to be present. You're there to put your hand on their shoulder. You're there to give them a hug. You're there to shake their hand, and you're there to listen to them. We need to remember the ministry of touch is what is healing is all about, and that we can do that for one another. That sometimes it's just simple to be with somebody, to listen to them with all your heart and soul and mind, to put your hand on their, on their hand, to, so that they know that you're there. And that's what is healing. And that's what we hear in the gospel. That the contact we long for is there because Christ is in all of us. And we can be in contact as we heal and reach out to one another.